The Socceroos Circus will be discussed on the Splash today. The ARU loses another one. It's Friday the 13th of October. Yeah, apologies at my uh, attempted at uh, humour there. Uh, Mike, that was pretty average, wasn't it? You know what? We had the right idea in mind, like you said. Po- maybe post-production can help a little bit with that. Poorly executed, yeah, that's for sure. Apologies to our listeners, but a big thank you as well for uh, for jumping on the Splash bandwagon, for uh, supporting us by subscribing on iTunes and having a listen our, our new Monday to Friday a daily dose of your big stories uh, and yes yeah, so my name's Phil Pryor uh, and as, as I mentioned off the top uh, football and rugby union uh, we're diving into on the splash today but a few other headlines before we uh, crunch into that rugby league the final World Cup squads are up and confirmed so if you head to the Fox Sports website uh, you can look at every finalised squad so you know all those Big uh, changes last week for Fida, Tormalolo, etc. They're now properly placed in uh, their correct country's squad. Plus, Lebanon, they announced their squad yesterday, the final country to do so. So, all that up and confirmed on the Fox Sports website. Uh, AFL, of course, we're in the middle of trade period, uh, coming to the end of the first week. And it has been a little bit of a quieter day today compared to a couple of mammoth trades uh, that took place yesterday. But uh, Hayden Crozier, the versatile Fremantle docker, you can play in the midfield, you can kind of put him anywhere. He's been traded to the Western Bulldogs in exchange for pick 40. uh, And that may help the cards to fall in terms of a deal getting done between GWS and uh, and their uh, speedy defender Nathan Wilson. Uh, so watch this space there, uh, and, and and more speculation surrounding the Gold Coast Adam Saad situation, uh, who is trying to be traded to Essendon. Um, plus, Brisbane have put a deal on the table uh, for uh, Charlie Cameron, the uh, the Adelaide's live wire uh, forward and midfielder. They've been offered pick 19. So it's a watch this space. Um, and of course, head to the website for uh, for the live blog, for the live trade update. Hopefully, a deal gets done today, but it, it might look like uh, Crozier is the only one to get done before the end of week one of the trade period. But back to football. After a huge week uh, in football, I thought it would be uh, ideal to get Fox Football writer Michael Putterflam into the Fox Sports podcast uh, bunker. It's been all hands on deck this week, hasn't it, mate? I think yesterday was, sorry, the day before was our biggest day on the football side ever. Wow. With, with the Postacoglu news obviously breaking, but then all the World Cup qualifiers from around the world, obviously CONCACAF getting decided and Australia learning we're going to play Honduras. But the sequence of how that happened from America going from third spot, at one point we thought we were actually going to play them because they moved into fourth. But then by the end of the day, they moved down to fifth and missed out in the World Cup completely. That was insane. So you had that fallout. You had us coming up against Honduras. And then over in South America as well, you had the heroics of Messi scoring his hat trick to ensure Argentina qualified yeah. for the World Cup. So it was. How just... about that stat? I feel like it probably didn't get a good enough run anywhere. But 
not one other Argentinian has scored a national goal for over a year. Exactly. <laughs> that was that's that. I guess that just shows you, um, you know, how important Messi is to them. And I think yeah. I think the coach came out and said after Argentina didn't owe. Messi the World Cup football owed Messi the World Cup or something like that. Just yeah. you know, talking about how yeah. how crazy that kind of that Messi's kind of um, contributions been and how much of a shame it would have been for him to not be at Russia. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, look, there's a few talking points uh, put, so uh, we'll, we'll jump we'll jump through them. A tease for the listeners: we you know, Ange fallout continues. Um, we've had a big story on site today discussing. Fans traveling to Honduras and and some of the uh, the hazards that might be at play there. Um, we're going to talk about Colombian captain Radamel Falcao uh, and a, a spot of match fixing potentially, uh, and a new charity uh, common goal uh, involving Sydney FC skipper Alex Brosk. So we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But first, Mike. What's your take on this Ange situation? Um, you know, reports ca- coming out the other day that he's, he's going to quit. Um, it, it just looms as what is going to be a massive distraction um, ahead of, uh, you know, next month's uh, next leg of the World Cup qualifier for the Socceroos. That's it. In three and a half weeks, we're going to be playing two games against Honduras. First of all, in a way in San Pedro Sula, which is used to be known as the, the murder capital of the world, before then coming back to play in Sydney. And it just seems like it's going to be this whole massive distraction in mm-hmm. the complete lead-up. As far as we understand, it seems like nothing else is going to be said about whether Ange is going to be staying or leaving until, until after the games, but it seems to be that he will be going. So all the talk is going to be shaped by Ange's last games, all the players be able to deal with all the speculation that's been going around. Um, and, of course, the fans are just going to be also coming from that perspective. Mm. So, on the one hand, it's it could be okay if the players know what's going on and they can deal with it behind closed doors. But for all of us watching on, we're just going to be thinking, oh, no, we hope it doesn't actually derail us going to the World Cup. I mean, this is just embarrassing. We've got um, Christy Doran coming on soon on the Splash to discuss the ARU, another basket case organisation. Um, you know, from the outside perspective, I, I look at the NRL and just think how poor they are in, in how reactive they are in, in the policies that they, they're implementing in their code rather than being proactive it seems like the AFL in in the midst of this amazing trade period are really the only Australian sporting organization getting it right in, in terms of those larger footballing tiers well I guess yes exactly it's quite interesting obviously all the problems that have been going on um, with FFA especially with the FIFA possibly Get on the front foot surely just you know snuff this one out or, or do something don't just let it um, simmer away, right? Yeah, and exactly. I think it, it's apparently it's taken it's taken FFA by surprise mm. the fact that Ange wanted to leave now. But then there's also a report surfacing this morning that said that he had to be convinced not to leave a year ago when Australia had a, a run of draws in World Cup qualifying. And um, you know, like we said, we he kind of came in with his mantra, and he you know he after Confederations Cup he asked for more media speculation. Um, to you know, make Australia rise to do the absolute best they can on the football front, um, and now it's quite disappointing to see that after all that's happened, you know, you might just be walking your way straight after before the World Cup, mm. um, you know, where we're hopefully going to be taking on once again you know, the world's best teams in Russia. So it's just a question of who's going to take over. We will make the World Cup. How will we go? <laughs> 
Well, let's just hope they sort out their end of the bargain whilst us as footballing fans and those hoping to travel to Honduras for this next leg uh, can do because, um, as I sort of teased before, we've got a story up on site today on this Friday about um, the, 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 the struggles that some Socceroos fans might have in getting to Honduras if they have to, um, you know, go through the United States because the ones that travel to Iran um, earlier in the World Cup qualifying process, they're going to need to, uh, to organise one-on-one interviews uh, in the US at border security just to get on a plane to Central America. What's going on? <laughs> so I think last year, President Obama changed the rule in America that anybody who has been to Iran, if they want to come to the US, they need to have interviews beforehand. For all other travellers, um, for you know most other countries, you can simply go out online and fill in a three-month kind of form that lets you enter the US for that amount of time, which yeah. you know I've done it myself when I travelled to the USA. But... Basically, for the select 200 fans that went to the Iran, went to Iran to see Australia play Iraq in March, yeah. which is actually the first time we played three at the back, and that was a one-one draw. Um, they're going to have to basically have an interview from American authorities to see whether they'll be allowed into the U.S. So they're basically going to ask them, "What are your intentions to come here? You mm. know, you've been to Iran, so basically just checking them out." Um, so, what do you suggest? Maybe get their you know, their hair sh- uh, shaved into a soccer ball shape or something, just, you know, just to, as extra proof. I guess maybe just make sure you're up to date on everything that's happening with the Australian team, all the, you know, all the coaching movements. Yeah, maybe a soccer is trivia session or something. Who scored the most goals, who's our best player, <laughs> who's oh, the biggest dear. bolter. Uh, look, you know, staying with an American theme, let's, let's head to South America Colombian captain uh, Radamal Falcao, he's been accused of match-fixing. Where's this one at? So basically, on that chaotic final day of South American qualifying, mm. th- Colombia were 1-1 with Peru. Yeah. And knowing the other scores, what was happening in the other games with five minutes to go, Colombia would be going through and Peru would be going into the fifth spot, um, the qualifying spot just above Chile in sixth, who actually got eliminated. So basically what Falcao, the captain of Colombia and also the captain of Monaco, just won the French League last year, does, goes over to the Peru players and he basically tells them, you know, we know the scores. Um, you know, if it stays at 1-1, then you'll get the playoff spot and we'll get to go straight to the World Cup. So maybe we should just do that. And after the game, the Peru, play, the Peru players basically came out and said, yes, he approached us and talked to us about that. And then today we've got a story up. Basically, Falcao admitting, yes, we went over and we spoke about it. So, it's still unclear. It's basically, wow, the, Peru that's, that's said they, the Peru players said, you know, we still played to win. Um, you know, we're not going to settle for 1-1 draw. It's football. But, you know, who knows? It was The game ended 1-1. There were only five minutes to go. So, there's, there's no kind of, um, you know, proof at all that both teams agreed that we're going to finish the game 1-1. It was so, will this, just, get, will this get investigated further? As far as I've seen, I haven't haven't seen anything up, but you never know. You'd you know, think so. Thing, exactly. Yeah. You would you would think that something like this might do. At, like at the same time, they've come out and said maybe that the way they've put it is that they were simply just sharing the scores with each other, and there was no efforts made to you know finish the game. Yeah. Right. Um, having said that, there wasn't there weren't many other opportunities on goal after the 
Mm. That last five minutes. Yeah. All right. Finally, uh, Sydney FC skipper Alex Brosk, uh, he's been applauded. He's joined uh, Juan Mutter's uh, charity Common Goal. Um, can you explain what this is? So basically, Juan Mutter, the Manchester United midfielder, he set up, he started this charity initiative this year um, where he's asked footballers from all around the world to donate 1% of their salary um, to football charities to help underprivileged people. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. You, but basically, Alex Brosk has come out and joined the commi- joined the charity initiative as only the eighth person, eighth professional footballer from around the world to do so. Mm. Um, so Mutter had Bayern Munich midfielder, uh, sorry, defender Matt Hummels, and also Juventus' yep. Giorgio Chiellini joined his initiative. Um, but Brosk is the first person from Australia, the first person from the Asia region to come forward and say he'll join it. And basically, Mutter came out and said, you know, he couldn't think of a better person to become the first person down under mm. to lead this initiative. You know, all the experience and leadership that um, Brosk does on and off the field, you know, can only commend the Sydney FC captain. Okay. Well, hats off to, to Brosk uh, and to all other footballers around the world. Pull your, pull your socks up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Pitts, thanks for joining the Splash today. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it's been a huge week in football, but rugby writer Christy Doran is making sure that there's a bit of rah-rah on the uh, the Fox Sports homepage as well. Christy, welcome back to The Splash. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had you in the bunker. Philip, I came. It's, it's good to be back. I was here twice uh, twice in a row two weeks ago, so it's uh, it's good that the, the seat's quite warm still. Yeah, and you've just uh, you've just published a yarn on the Fox Sports website. Um, which just has <laughs> the ARU has taken yet another blow. So yesterday we sh- we saw Australian schoolboy superstar Charlie Rourke, um, and if you if you saw the video on the Fox Sports website of some of his schoolboy highlights, just truck sticking everything in sight, um, just an absolute weapon on both sides of the ball. Well, the Camera Raiders have swooped in and uh, and taken him off the ARU's books. And today, just a day later, Australian schoolboy star Nick Frost is off to the Canterbury Crusaders, and there's even more of a twist on this occasion. Yeah, there certainly is. Yeah, it was disappointing yesterday, you know, with the news that that Rourke has signed with the Raiders because he's a a hugely promising player. This one, a slightly different thing that uh, he's not jumping codes, but he's jumping across the ditch. Uh, Nick Frost, a six foot seven lock. Uh, you know he's been hotly pursued by AFL clubs, given you know he's two meters tall. Yeah. Uh, very good at athletic ability. State representative in discus. This is a, a bloke who. Um, Already at such a young age, has accomplished a lot across different sports, including basketball too. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, it's a it's quite a damning thing. This that you know his father currently, his Steve, works at the ARU, which is astonishing. He's working at the yeah, Australian yeah. Rugby Union and he's a former retention manager. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not his role currently, but, uh, you know, heavily involved in the ARU for, for, for what, a decade or so. And, um, you know, his, he believes and his son believes that the best opportunity for him going forward with his rugby career is not in Australia. No, it's, it's in New Zealand with... The, probably the world's best ever club team, the Crusaders. If this doesn't highlight just how uh, incapable and out of touch this ARU is, uh, I don't know what does. 
Well, I suppose it does. It, it, you know, it is a damning reflection of where the game is at currently. You yeah. know, the, the, there's, the crowd numbers are poor. Uh, 15 years without the Bledisloe, you know, uh, an entire season, 26 matches without beating a New Zealand side this year, which came off the back of only three wins the previous year. So three in, in what, 52 matches. Mm. So just from a, a, a statistic point of view, you know, New Zealand is clearly far and beyond where Australia is at from a rugby... Because they care about their grassroots. They care about developing the sport over in that country. Sorry, we just got real deep on the splash. <laughs> but it, it is a major issue. Like, these corporate suits up on the top floor of the ARU building just have absolutely no engagement and connection to growing the game. And and we're seeing the, you know, the fruits, in inverted commas, of that, you know, 10 years, years down the line since probably things started uh, heading in a backward direction. Yeah, and, and that, that's true. You can't really argue with that. We're going to see the ARU boss, Bill Pulver, you know, resign once they find a new CEO to take over. Yeah. Um, all the, the schmozzle that was with the force being cut this year. Uh, Australian rugby is really, it's never been a, in a worse position than it is now. And, and, you know, losing Rourke to rugby league, he's not the first one to go. He certainly won't be the last. It was yeah. only a couple yeah. of years that Angus Crichton... It's gone to, to, to the Rabbitohs. Exactly. And, and he jumped on Twitter yesterday and, and applauded the decision for, you know, another rugby player to have signed with with a league uh, with a league team. So it's really disappointing. Uh, you know, the, the AU has said that, you know, one of the the, the drivers of, of Carling a team was to, you know, put put more money back into the grassroots system. Yeah. Um, you know, they they were losing what, seven million dollars a year or whatever it was by popping up this extra club um but you know with all the the, the legal fees um it's it's hard to see whether or not you know um and as well as the the, the lack of momentum the marketing that's been poured down the drain by by all the negative headlines yeah how all any money is actually going to end up back in the grassroots which it just mm. desperately yeah. needs yeah 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 it's fascinating uh, on the nick frost situations specifically um he goes over there you know with an opportunity to actually um you know develop his his own um game as a as a player uh something that you know it's it's harder to do in this country let's face it what happens in a few years if he's playing really good rugby um and you know in in the selection frame uh he can't play for the Wallabies under the current guidelines, right? No. So there's a number of players already playing, Australians over playing over in New Zealand. You've got Mike Alatoa, who only a few years ago was at the Waratahs. Yep. He's been, you know, since leaving the Tars for a lack of opportunity, joined the Crusaders. He played every single match this year uh, uh, and, and they became the Super Rugby champions. Yeah. This is the brother yep. of Alan, the, the Wallaby. Uh, Pete Samu's over there. We've seen uh, Ben Volavola previously at the Crusaders last year as Dick well. Dick Biuani as Dick well. Dick Biuani's there currently. Taking everyone. <laughs> so, there's a lot of... So, so clearly the Crusaders are also seeing that there's a lot of, you know, lost gems yeah. going, escaping the, the path system. Um, and they're swooping on in and, and, and good on them, I suppose. It's a, it's a professional game after all. With, with Frost, with Nick himself, he, what, he's 17 at the moment. He's actually the youngest uh, player to be signed from Australia to wow. join the Crusaders in their history. So, um, so are, the, are the talent evaluation team not doing doing their job in Australian rugby as well? Well, you'd have to you'd have to think so. You know, um, I, I suppose that 
speaks to all the Australian rugby franchises, though, because any one of them could have, you know, tried to snaffle this guy up. From my understanding, the Crusaders, they came over here, what, a year or so, two years ago, and, and they, um, you know, they, they ran a few different programs and they had their talent scouts out here and they looked at a few different players and Nick was one that they highlighted and, yeah. and they've come back and they've gone... Mm. You know, you're now finishing your school days. From my understanding, they wanted him to come over immediately. Yeah. Um, but he wanted to finish his school uh, days at Knox yeah. uh, on the Upper North Shore line of, of, of Sydney. So he, he hasn't closed his his mind, his book on Australian rugby. You know, this is a development contract. So two, three years, he might come back yeah, after sure, that if it's not sure. necessarily working. But he thinks his best opportunity to become a professional rugby player is at mm. Crusaders in New Zealand. That's the sad part. You know, he has to leave Australia for a few years to go and develop his, his game, you know, in those sort of that high leverage period where he can take his game to the, the very elite level. And the really coincidental and interesting aspect to all this, I suppose, is probably the one good news story we've, uh, you know, heard in, in recent memory with regards to Australian rugby, which is Brad Thorne becoming coach of the, the Queensland Reds, who I think we can both lock in. He's going to do marvellous things uh, for that franchise. Um, and also j- just to be able to, to share his experience and expertise um, in everything that he learned from New Zealand, you know, like... Yeah, indeed. He what? He's had two separate stints over at the Crusaders. He's a rugby world cup champion. Let's not forget though. He also spent a lot of time with the Brisbane Broncos. You know, of course, yeah, and and yeah. And, and, and state of origin. So this guy's got a wealth of knowledge. There are people. You look at Daryl Gibson. I know that he hasn't got the runs on the board because he's had two pretty poor years, very poor years, in fact, as head coach of the Tars. But he's a former Crusader who's won many championships over there. Also with the All Blacks, so you know Thorn's not the only one that's come out of that system. Uh, Gibson's there, and and funnily enough, Daryl, you know the Waratahs, Tim Rapp, who's, who's worked a lot with the Gen Blue, the 19s, the 20s, they met with with Nick, you know, on on multiple occasions. Yeah. Yep. Yet still didn't think that they were at the standard of mm. of where New Zealand rugby is at. Yeah, well, we, Christy, I've, I've come in hot today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thank you very much for, for joining the Splash. It was a, yeah, it was a little bit of a, a fiery uh, chat, and, and that's, that's great, isn't it? As always, Phil, yeah. good to see you. <laughs> Thanks very much, Christy. Uh, and, yeah, that'll conclude us on this, this week uh, of the Splash on this Friday the 13th. Um, enjoy your weekend, and until next time, until next week, that's a wrap. 